Welcome to Learning Matters. I'm Ann Thomas, and I'm here with my co-host, Dr. Dave Richards, Executive Learning Strategist for Michigan Virtual. On this edition of the show, we'll explore the issues of future learning in a post-pandemic environment. A very interesting roundtable coming up next, right after these messages. to Learning Matters, brought to you by Michigan Virtual. I'm Ann Thomas. I am here with my new co-host, Dr. Dave Richards. Dr. Richards is the former superintendent of Fraser Public Schools, and now he works as an executive learning strategist for Michigan Virtual. Dr. Richards, I am looking forward to hosting this show with you, and welcome to our WJR family. Good morning. I'm excited for this opportunity. So tell our listeners just a little bit about yourself. Absolutely. Uh, well, obviously, as, as superintendent of Fraser Public Schools, I was fortunate to uh, work with a, a great group of educators as we transformed learning uh, in Macomb County. Um, prior to that, I actually began my career as a high school computer science teacher in West Michigan at Belding Area Schools. Uh, and then joined Rochester Community Schools as a Chief Technology Officer, and uh, kind of a non-traditional path towards becoming a superintendent, uh, going through the technology route. Um, from Rochester, came to Fraser as a um, high school principal, and then uh, obviously moved into the superintendent role. But really the technology background provided me with a pretty unique experience in regards to the lens and, and how learning was being transformed and, and the changes that we were seeing with education. So um, it's been a great path. Uh, retired in 2018 and started working more with Michigan Virtual in regards to their strategic design and as an organization where they were headed. And it really grew into just a great opportunity to support leaders across the state of Michigan. What is your philosophy on education in 2022? 2022, I really believe we've gotten to the place where um, every child every day matters and, and society has a very different ask of education where um, choice is here to stay. Parents want opportunities that are designed specifically for their kids and, and I think even coming out of the pandemic, districts are really realizing that um, we need to design with each child in mind and how do we accomplish that and that's where i think the systems approach is really becoming incredibly important for district leaders and what else would you like our listeners to know about you and how you approach learning and education you know i really i really truly believe in the the term innovation it's a lot of industries have gone through transformation um, and education is on the the doorstep of really strong systemic changes. And it's not that our schools are broken. Um, that's not it by any means. It's just really the, the design instructional model needs to be transformed to better meet the needs of kids. Um, and every kid, not just kids in affluent communities, but every child needs the opportunity to be successful. And so I think as educational leaders, for me personally, um, I wanna build capacity of our leaders and to, to help them um, lead those conversations in their local learning communities and to develop a shared vision for learning um, within their communities as well. 
And Dr. Dave Richards, on today's edition of Learning Matters, we're going to tackle the subject of learning challenges during the pandemic. We're also going to try to answer the question of what education and learning will look like in a post-pandemic world. We have two great guests joining us today for this roundtable discussion. And first of all, I want to introduce our listeners to Jamie Fitzpatrick. He is the CEO of Michigan Virtual. Jamie, welcome to the show. Glad to be here. Thank you for having us. Tell us just a little bit about your background. So, I, Anne, I have spent the last 30 years of my life uh, trying to promote the use of technology in our schools, and I've had a couple of different roles. I was a director of technology at one of our intermediate school districts in Saginaw, and then spent about a decade at the Michigan Department of Ed. And when I left there, I was the director of technology. And I don't know about you, but when I hear somebody who has the title of director of technology, I immediately think of somebody who's I'm going to use the term geeky, and and that's just not me. I have just had a core belief that if used appropriately, technology can help any good teacher be better and can help any learner, regardless of their age, learn uh, easier. So that's that's been kind of my guiding force. And, you know, Jamie, I think one of the things that um, we want to do here on Learning Matters is, you know, kind of take away the whole concern about technology. People should not be afraid of technology. You know, when you use the term artificial intelligence, that really gets scary very, very quickly. And right. yet, if, if you talk to any English teacher in America, and they will tell you what they really dread is, you know, scoring 100 essays, you know, on the weekend. And when you just open up Microsoft Word and you look at the editing functions of just baking, you know, and grading basic grammar and punctuation, we could be using tools in a way that actually save our teachers time and give them more resources to spend time with kids really tackling some of the more important things. And we'd also like to say hello to Dr. Chris Timmis. He is the superintendent of Dexter Community Schools. Welcome to the show today, to this roundtable, doctor. Oh, thanks for having me. Tell our listeners a little bit about you and your background. Yeah, so I'm in my ninth year as the superintendent of Dexter Community Schools, uh, 14th as a superintendent. I started off as a parapro back at Wyandotte Roosevelt High School and then moved on to teach math in a tech center up in Royal Oak. I was fortunate, I then went back downriver and taught uh, in Southgate, middle school math, public speaking, multimedia and debate. And then I moved down to Monroe County, hit uh, airport community schools as a curriculum director. Then I went over to Lenaway and uh, was a high school principal and uh, superintendent at Adrian Public Schools. So Southeast Michigan I've covered. Dr. Timmis, what are some of the issues, the challenges that you're seeing during the pandemic right now? You know, one of the challenges we're seeing is a combination of fatigue from educators and from families, and then the mismatch between the skills students have, have developed over this last two years that are incongruent with the school design. Now, what exactly does that mean? So when everything shut down, kids were given a ton of freedom. They were, they were able to create their own social networks in new ways. They were able to embrace technology. Um, if you looked at what kids were doing, they were setting up their own little study groups. Mm-hmm. And then we put them into school into the structured format and tell them, you're gonna learn from this time to this time. When we, they had an experience where they were given 
a significant amount of student agency so they could choose what they wanted to learn and when they wanted to learn. And then we've tried to move back into our old system and we're seeing this tension constant between the skill sets kids have developed that would help them in life. However, the delays in what would help them in the academic world and then trying to force a system back to that's incongruent with society right now that we're just we're seeing these unique tensions. You know, that's so interesting, and we will get into this in the next segment, but that's kind of the issue. You, you can never go back. You know, we learned a lot during the pandemic, and some of it was not great, and kids do need to be in school, but some of it was good. And there are a lot of good things that we can take from that and continue to use it. You can't go back completely to an old system. That sounds like what you're saying. That's exactly what we're seeing. Okay, let's take a quick break, and we are going to get into this topic and many others. You are listening to Learning Matters, brought to you by Michigan Virtual. We'll be back right after this. listening to Learning Matters brought to you by Michigan Virtual. I'm Ann Thomas. I am here with my co-host, Dr. Dave Richards. And Dr. Richards, this is going to be a fascinating roundtable about education and learning during the pandemic and then what it's going to look like post-pandemic because Dr. Chris Timmis has brought up a very interesting point, which is we cannot go completely back to the way we were. We have learned a lot during the pandemic, some good, some bad. So I'm going to have you kick this segment off by talking a little bit about learning and education and what do we do moving forward? You know, Dr. Timmis mentioned that learning is happening in a very different environment now. Um, it's interesting to watch how districts are, are working to embrace mobility. I think during the pandemic, a lot of leaders and schools and parents recognize that learning can happen in a lot of different settings, uh, both on campus and off campus. And so as district leaders, as building principals, classroom teachers, the question or the challenge really is how do we embrace these new models, whether it's project-based, competency-based, um, kids leaving, working in the communities, entrepreneurships, just a lot of different experiences for students to be able to demonstrate proficiency in their learning. And I think what we're, the conversations we're having with, with leaders across the state really is how do we take the best of what we've done traditionally and blend it with this new model of learning that we know kids really are hungry for. One of the challenges throughout the pandemic um, was really student engagement. How do you keep kids connected to their learning, especially when they were shifting between online and face-to-face -face so frequently? And so I think that student engagement piece really comes back to high quality rigor with really valuable learning experiences for the kids where they're intrinsically motivated to stay connected to their learning. And so Dr. Timmis, I, I wanna chat with you a little bit because obviously you're in the trenches right now as a superintendent. Um, you've looked at designing pathways that give kids choices. Can you talk a little bit about that work that you're doing in Dexter as well? Oh, sure. Yeah, we've uh, 
over the years, we've looked at how to create instructional delivery changes and options that kids can pick from. And we've scaled that out so far. It's really defined well in fifth through eighth grade. In the earliest grades, we do it personalized personalization within classrooms and within teams. But then when the kids get to fifth grade, they can choose, and it's not really more traditional, but a more concrete path that parents and kids generally understand. And then there's another pathway that allows them to work at separate paces, that allows them to show move on when they've shown competency. Um, it's heavy in the project-based work. And that we're look, working on scaling out into the high school. We have several paths at the high school, but what we're finding is that kids and parents want choice. And we even see it within families that different kids need a different model. So we have families where one child goes to one pathway, another child goes to the other, because that's what those kids needed. They needed a different delivery model and a different way to engage. So we've been working through for years on creating these pathways built on personalizing for students. And the pandemic slowed us down and sped us up. And Jamie, as a CEO of Michigan Virtual, um, you've worked with school districts across the state in developing high quality online learning experiences. And obviously during the pandemic, a lot of districts turned to you to solve some of their online learning needs. What have been some of the greatest challenges that you faced as an organization as you've worked to support districts as they transition between face-to-face -face online and, and back and forth between those two models? Yeah, Dave, I, I would say that the challenges really have changed over time. Um, two decades, and we are a nonprofit educational organization. We, we got started in 1998. I would say two decades ago, the biggest challenge was just helping educators really understand the basic power and value of online learning. And you have to remember, you know, 20 years ago, for most people, online learning was just really a, a foreign concept. I would say since the pandemic hit, our two biggest challenges have really been, one, meeting the demand for our services, especially the online courses for middle school and high school students that include a certified Michigan teacher who's been trained to teach you know, online, which is not a five-minute activity. The second big challenge has been trying to build the capacity of schools uh, so that they can locally teach online courses with their educators and their students. And, and as you can imagine, this doesn't happen overnight. Uh, Unfortunately, the pandemic created an emergency need to go you know, remote. I think one of the biggest hurdles that I've seen is helping educators understand the value of asynchronous learning activities. If you think about it, when we were in school, and, and for most kids even today, everything is happening real time. I do this first hour, I do this second hour. And I think when everybody had to go remote, teachers were trying to replicate what they were doing in a traditional way online. And we know just from a research perspective, that makes no sense from an instructional design uh, standpoint. So helping people understand how to leverage what you can do best online and what you can do best face-to-face -face is gonna continue to be a hurdle for, for most schools. And how do you do that? Dave, what do you think? How do you just get started with this? You know, it's, there's a lot of, um, I'll call it care and feeding, honestly, because um, you're talking with master teachers who have always been pretty successful in a face-to-face -face environment. And, and I know personally working with staff members where there's a struggle. There's almost a grieving process that staff go through because 
they have been reviewed, evaluated, measured against this traditional model, and they've always been very successful. Now they're being asked to do something that they really don't understand. And I think a lot of leaders have had to step back and look at the human side of this disruption and seeing the impact that it's had on staff members who have always been really confident in delivering content, relationship-based, you know, face-to-face -face relationships. Now the struggle is, is how do I build relationships with 30 kids in a Zoom meeting? How do I connect with kids and let them know I care about them while also trying to get content, you know, have successful measures, uh, how kids can demonstrate their learning to me? And so I, I think that it, there's a, a, almost a psychology of this transformation that's taking place. The pandemic also introduced the parent as a critical role in the learning process because we asked parents to be the primary facilitator of that remote learning for many of the students. And quite honestly, I think what ended up happening is that there's some gaps that were exposed in that as parents started to ask questions about, help me to understand how this relates to my child's learning, as well as help me to understand why we spend so much time doing this particular activity, where they could be demonstrating that proficiency by developing a project, doing a larger scale you know, work that, that they can show proficiency across. So I think that overall the challenge is, as I mentioned earlier, taking the best of that traditional model and pulling it forward, but supporting staff in their professional learning and saying, this isn't that you can't do this work anymore. We just need to re-equip you. We need to provide you with some new skills, some new lenses on how you look at student learning, um, and then really leverage the technologies. As Jamie mentioned, the role of technology has accelerated so much, um, and we can leverage it for our benefit. And there's a big difference between supplanting a teacher and supplementing what a teacher does. How do we take technology and, and leverage it to supplement the art and the craft of instruction that a teacher brings? Because the human piece is the most critical, most critical piece in the entire process. Sure. But really understanding how those two work together, supplementing versus supplanting, and choosing wisely. So Dr. Chris Tim is superintendent of Dexter Public Schools. You're kind of on the ground with this. You're dealing with teachers and parents and students every day, day in and day out. What would you say about this and how would you see this developing almost like a hybrid model basically is I think what Dr. Dave Richards is talking about and also what Jamie is talking about too. You know, what I see happening, and six months ago, I would have said something different. As I, we came into the year thinking that more of what Dave and Jamie have talked about would happen this year, but we've seen this huge shift in public sentiment on the who's remote, who's in school, who's not in school, et cetera. So we've seen parents that are so, they want their kids in the building. Yes. What I see happening is we, we have found that we need to integrate that technology as a support so that we can get deep into projects and into authentic learning. And what parents have pushed back on are the things we all know are not as effective, the old worksheet model, et cetera. But then we do have some families that really still want that really tangible, give me the book, give me the worksheet. So what the evolution that I see is that we are, we're finally moving away from a one-size-fits-all model. 
that we're going to have parents and kids and teachers choose what kind of learning model fits them. That's where I see it happening. So do you mean even right down to each student may have a little bit of a different model? So for example, you could have one student who of course comes to class and is part of the classroom for a certain period of time, but then they really are very, very good uh, learning even more virtually. So like the parents, the student, the teacher, they all work together to come up with something that is the best learning model for them. I can see that happening through a micro school model. I don't see it happening at scale. We already differentiate for kids and personalize. What is going, what's happening is that you still have with little kids, parents need the structure for the students. They need to be able to have a schedule that they can manage their work around, they can manage their lives around. So what I see happening is that at the earliest grades, we're going to continue to find ways to engage kids in different in different ways in school and then maybe bridge into that non-school time in a different way. In the later grades, I could see more flexibility once, once the legislature and MDE gives us more flexibility to be able to have kids that are learning in different settings. I look at extended learning opportunities as an avenue that a lot of us are, a lot of districts are toying with and trying to work through where it's not a semester long type internship, but it's some kind of community embedded project where kids can go work on skills with a local employer, but maybe it's 10 or 15 hours of an experience or a local organization. And it's part of their school, but it's not a class. So interesting. Now, Jamie Fitzpatrick, as the CEO of Michigan Virtual, how can Michigan Virtual play a big role in helping educators with this? Well, we've been at this for over 20 years, Ann, and, and we do operate the, the Michigan Virtual Learning Research Institute, which is really unique when you look around the country. There's so many things that we're learning. Uh, just, just the use of, of, of mobile devices and cell phones is something that we didn't have access to 20 years ago. So how do we leverage what we've done on a, from a research perspective? Dave hit on early the, the fact that our leaders, we need to invest in our leaders. Most of our leaders today uh, did not uh, get introduced to how to make uh, effective use of technology in radically different learning environments, which the, the, the environment is now demanding. And I, I think that would be the biggest thing that we can do is help our leaders step into the 21st century, think about flexibility in ways that are just completely different than anything we've seen in the past. You are listening to Learning Matters, brought to you by Michigan Virtual. We are going to continue this conversation in just a few minutes. And you know, it's such an interesting conversation because not only does it apply to education, it applies to, as Jamie's pointing out, leaders. It applies to businesses. Everybody's going to have to look at a different way to learn and also do business. We will be back right after these messages.
You are listening to Learning Matters, brought to you by Michigan Virtual, and I am here with my co-host, Dr. Dave Richards. He is the Executive Learning Strategist with Michigan Virtual, and we are joined today by Jamie Fitzpatrick. He is the CEO of Michigan Virtual, and Dr. Chris Timmis. He is the Superintendent of Dexter Community Schools, and we have been involved in a very interesting conversation about the future of education and learning in the state of Michigan, throughout the country, and also, honestly, just the future of doing business in our world during the pandemic and post-pandemic. And one thing that is very important to Dr. Dave Richards and all of the people in this roundtable is something called the Future of Learning Council. And Dr. Dave, I'm gonna have you explain to our listeners exactly what this is. Thank you, Anne. We started meeting as a group of superintendents in 2017, um, and at that time it was really kind of gathering like-minded leaders who were interested in redesigning learning experiences for kids every day. And that group was really focused on the implementation of competency-based education, providing students with the opportunity to move based upon for proficiency rather than seat time. And we met pretty regularly. Um, you know, as Dr. Timmis often says, it's really who could ever pay for lunch um, hosted the meeting. And it was just getting together and saying, like, what are some of the challenges you're facing as you, as you look to personalize, as you look to redesign the model from the traditional to what we believe um, kids really need to be successful. Um, as we get into the pandemic, that group continued to try to meet, but obviously the priorities changed pretty significantly. And then coming out of the pandemic, um, we realized that the conversation was so much bigger than just talking about competency-based education. Leaders needed to have conversations around how do we design all aspects of learning? And really, it's much more than just talking about where do we go with schools? The conversation is focused on where's learning going? And so through the support of Michigan Virtual, through the support of Jamie Fitzpatrick as CEO of Michigan Virtual, we were able to um, establish, and we're in the process of, of actually applying for a 501c3, um, the Future of Learning Council. And the intent of the council, the mission of the council, is to build capacity of our leaders, to really get together with the best thinkers in the state around learning, and to have conversations about where do we see two, three years from now learning is going to be, and how do we support leaders to get to that place where they can facilitate these conversations in their local learning districts? And in the beginning, and we had hoped that we would have 10, 11 districts be a part of, of this group, and incredibly, we're closing in on 25 school districts from across the state of Michigan. And we're including Upper Peninsula. We have two districts from the Upper Peninsula. Um, all of lower southwest Michigan, uh, west Michigan. So we really have a great cross-section of leaders. We meet uh, just about every month on campus at Michigan Virtual. And Jamie can talk a little bit, of, little bit about the role of, of Michigan Virtual in this process. But um, it's really been pretty energizing during some difficult times to get these leaders together and to, to really talk. In fact, Dr. Timmis, if you would talk a little bit about your passion for doing this work. Um, obviously, uh, you serve in the role right now as president of this council, but you've been passionate about this work from the very beginning. You're one of the, the founding members of, of this effort as well. Yeah, so when you think about education, 
teaching is a really, it's a very social activity, yet it's an extremely lonely activity. They are with, teachers are with kids all day. Very little time do they get to reflect with adults. Being a principal and a superintendent is extremely similar. It is, you're usually the one person that's in charge of that. And to have time to talk with colleagues or similar or like-minded leaders about how to lead instead of how to manage your building doesn't happen very often. So what the Future Learning Council provides is a network for the innovators and the doers throughout the state to connect with each other, to learn from each other, and then to learn from thought experts and thought leaders from around the country. So, so far this year, we've been able to bring in some national experts that no one district would be able to tap into. Uh, we've been able to work with some thought partners like um, guy from Apple who's an innovation instigator who can help frame thinking. Uh, we've set up site visits to districts that the members wouldn't have even known were doing what they're doing. Um, and we've been able to, we're starting some work on instructional models in the core of, if you're going to lead change, what are the foundational pieces you need to work through so that we're working together? Uh, we've done full policy analysis on if we want to innovate as a state in school districts, what do we need from the legislature and the MDE to support and create the environment for that innovation. Not just saying we need change. What are the tangible, real solutions that could happen to help us all? And conceptually, it's the Future Learning Council. It's providing national quality professional learning without anybody leaving Lansing or for the UP folks without them having to go anywhere. So we are trying to connect the leaders from around the state so that we can do a statewide lift in innovation and education. So what are the needs? What are the absolute needs that you have moving forward as you see all this change? Well, it's interesting, and in, in Dr. Timmis and Jamie and I have talked quite a bit about this. Um, on the national landscape, Michigan is sometimes skipped over uh, when it comes to innovative meetings or experts. Um, we have worked really hard, along with the Department of Education, the Michigan Assessment Consortium, Michigan Virtual, to try to bring those experts into the state so that our leaders can have access uh, to those insights. Um, Jamie, as a, the CEO at Michigan Virtual, you've taken a strong interest. You've put a lot of energy, time, and passion into helping this council get some footing. Talk a little bit about the role that Michigan Virtual has and where you see the vision uh, for this partnership going as well. Yeah, I think it's important to uh to share with the listeners that COVID is, is kind of front and center, but l let's face it, the, the world has transformed in the last 20 years with technology. I mean, most of us didn't think about ordering groceries online, you know, 10 years ago or getting a ride on Uber or renting a vacation home. And so technology has disrupted many, many traditional services, um, has yet to really disrupt education. So I believe we're sitting on top of really a huge potential to transform learning so ultimately, it better meets the needs of every single child. Uh, the thing that excites me most about the Future of Learning Council is that it has a group of members who have signed up to be part of the movement. Uh, I call them the, the coalition of the willing. Uh, and by no means, they, they don't have all the answers. It ju it just ask Chris as a superintendent. But they truly believe education is going through a, a metamorphosis, one that we haven't seen in our lifetime. And they want to be part of this innovation. And so we're supporting this group of leaders with research, with information sharing, 
uh, a willingness to pilot and test new delivery models, grant writing support, uh, technology assistance, and really any way that we can leverage our expertise and the work that we've done the last 20 plus years in, uh, in trying to accelerate the use of technology to improve teaching and learning. And, you know, I have a feeling that the Future of Learning Council will also dig into the issue of how do you help all of the different school districts in the state of Michigan because they all have different needs. Am I right? Absolutely. You know, a big, a big challenge for us is how do we scale this on a statewide basis and provide opportunities, whether you're in a rural community or urban setting, everyone needs to have the opportunity to think through personalizing for every child. And, and I think that that's been a big part of, of our conversation. This is a window of opportunity that we have that was accelerated because of the pandemic. And so knowing that, how are we going to be intentional with our redesign efforts, not just to, as we started our conversation, going back to what we used to know, the old normal, what does the new normal look like? And how do we embrace and, and be intentional with our our changes in models and practice and policy. And so Dr. Timmis often talks about never let a, a good a crisis go to waste. And so Dr. Timmis, can you talk just for a minute about how you've seized that opportunity and what you're seeing in, with your colleagues from ac across the state? Um, yeah, it's uh, what we're seeing is we have pockets throughout the state of individual leaders or groups of leaders within districts and teachers that are really trying to step out of the old mold and better meet the needs of all of their kids. They're trying to decouple parts of the system and shifting on the adage in, the, in Michigan and in the US has always been that time equals learning. Time doesn't equal learning. Different kids learn at different paces, different kids learn in different ways, and adults are, no, are, are the same. So we're seeing that through all of this crisis, we're seeing leaders take, a, take that window and engage their communities and engage their staff and engage their kids to try some new things. And they're finding great success. Um, and that's that's the power if we can learn from each other on how to scale it, that's the power. We're seeing this in districts like our members are everywhere from districts of 500 kids to districts of 10,000 plus. So it's not, it's not specific to you have to have a district sitting with these resources or in these types of communities anyone can do this work it just needs the willing and willing and the supports now will the council also look at the issue of technology and at some point trying to figure out a way that every child that needs it in the state of michigan has access to technology to learn the best they can one of our goals really is to um, build partnerships and relationships with key influencers and that includes organizations and so for us, especially with Michigan Virtual uh, standing there with us and, and doing this work, um, there's a lot of conversations that need to happen in Lansing about the digital divide, you know, that every child should have access. Um, technology is pretty strong right now, but now there's broadband issues. You know, how do we make sure that every child has connectivity at home? Um, resources now require more bandwidth than they ever have um, to be able to use, you know, the learning management systems or uh, different classroom applications. So it's it, that conversation is taking place. And again, all of it comes back to can we scale this so that learning is the focus rather than the structure of school and that kids can learn in a lot of different settings, but they need access to the resources, both hardware, 
software, and then also bandwidth. And, and that's something we can take on. And Jamie, if you want to address that a little bit through your lens as a, a capital uh, veteran and, and how these conversations happen. I, I think what we're talking about, Dave, is really building a 21st century learning ecosystem for the state of Michigan. And what I mean by that is we need great to great, you know, great face-to-face -face learning environments that are flexible. We need student access to technology. Uh, we need internet connections at home and at school. We need world-class content that's available in a digital format so you can use it at school, on the bus, on vacation, at home. We need highly trained teachers, all sitting in a system that embraces learning anytime, anywhere, and, and that's, that's, I feel like that's a common goal that everybody is rallying behind right now. And you know, we also need parents and teachers to not be afraid of this and to kind of embrace it and say, this is not a bad thing. Technology is a great thing and it will do wonderful things for learning in the future. Am I right? I, and I think the way we have to package this is, and all you have to do is just read an article about the status of our mental health with our kids and our teachers. It has to be high touch. And if it's gonna be personalized, there's only one way to do that, and that's leveraging the technology. So high touch, high tech is the future of learning so we can personalize opportunities for each child. This has been an interesting and fascinating roundtable conversation on the future of learning, education during the pandemic and post-pandemic. And I have a feeling in the next several months, we will have many more of these conversations. Special thanks to Jamie Fitzpatrick, the CEO of Michigan Virtual for joining us today. It was great to be with you again, Jamie. Thanks for having us. And also Dr. Chris Timmis, the superintendent of Dexter Community Schools. Thank you very much for your time and thanks for leading this Future of Learning Council. It'll be very interesting to hear what gets discussed in the next several months with the council, Dr. Timmis. Yeah, well, thank you. And it's thanks for the opportunity to talk more. And Dr. Dave Richards, I am looking forward to co-hosting this show with you. We're gonna have a lot of fun and hopefully we will educate some people about learning in the future. Thank you so much, Nancy. You've been listening to Learning Matters. On behalf of my co-host, Dr. Dave Richards, I'm Ann Thomas. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoy the rest of your day.